Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Tuesday, and we have reached the end of the Epiphany season. Tomorrow is Ash Wednesday and the start of Lent. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many, in various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from Deuteronomy chapter 11, beginning at verse 18. You shall put these words of mine in your heart and soul. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and fix them as an emblem on your forehead. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them, as long as the heavens are above the earth. If you will diligently observe this entire commandment that I am commanding you, loving the Lord your God, walking in all his ways, and holding fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations larger and mightier than yourselves. Every pace on which you set your foot shall be yours. Your territory shall extend from the wilderness to the Lebanon, and from the river, the river Euphrates, to the western sea. No one will be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will put the fear and dread of you on all the land of which you set your foot, as he promised you. At the height of its power and influence under King Solomon, Israel, in one way or another, exerts some power and control over the region that Moses describes in the section that we just heard read. Yet this expansive kingdom is a long time coming. There's a long time between Moses and Solomon, and very short-lived. We can see how Israel could become a strong and prosperous nation. It has that potential standing as it does at the intersection of Asia and Africa, and with the coast and with ports to connect it to the Mediterranean Sea. At the same time, a quick look at the map 
shows us how vulnerable this little nation was sitting in the prime position that it had between the great power centers of Anatolia, Mesopotamia, and Egypt. It has always made me wonder what could have been for ancient Israel, or even to ask, could it have been different for this people in this land if only, if only, if only they had obeyed and observed all that the Lord commanded them, if only they had remained faithful to the Lord and the Lord alone. The stories that follow the book of Deuteronomy, of course, show how uh, under Solomon they reach this great, uh, largest uh, land that they have, but it slowly disappears until they're taken away into exile in Babylon. But in Deuteronomy, Moses seems to put forward a promise from God, and that promise, in the end, never really seems to be fully realized yet, because the covenant itself is never fully observed and kept. So what are we to make of this? Why would God promise something that can never be or seem to never be fully grasped or only caught in fleeting glimpses for short periods of time? First, we can probably guess that the blessing of the covenant is not nearly as important as the relationship of love and trust between God and God's people that is the foundation of the covenant. The land is not as important as the relationship with God. So whether or not this people has a place of land to call their own in the world is not nearly as important as this people's relationship to the Lord who has come to dwell in their midst, no matter where they wander. That is the witness of 40 years in the wilderness. Next, we can also see how important the faithfulness of Israel's ruler is to securing the blessings of the covenant. It's been Moses' faithfulness and intercession on the part of Israel that's continued to move them forward in this relationship with God. And that's what we're going to notice, or that's what we noticed when God established David as king and renewed the covenant with David's son Solomon. So there was this connection in this story between the promise that God gives here to Israel before they enter the land and the promise that God makes with David and David's descendants as they finally see that promise fulfilled, only then to see it slip through their hands and disappear in successive generations. And so it makes us wonder, who will emerge from David's line to receive God's blessing, renew God's promise, and give God's people the inheritance that flows from a people who love God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their might, who will emerge indeed. Just this past Sunday, we heard the story of Jesus' transfiguration. At the end of the story, we heard God speak from the cloud, This is my Son, my Chosen. Listen to Him. And we are to make the connection to Moses and to David because it is Jesus whom God sends to fulfill all that is required of the law and to open the doors of promise to all God's people. So what was a fleeting vi vision of a promised land now becomes a vision of God's kingdom that is open and inviting all of us to dwell in God through Jesus Christ. Because in Jesus we find both a close heart-to-heart -heart relationship with God, the foundation of what it is that God is seeking in the world, and also the fulfillment to God's promise to bless the whole world through us. And all of this as God's gift to us is received in 
in faith and lived out in love. And that is the whole of what God required from the beginning, that we love and trust God above all things. And in that love and trust for God, we turn and love our neighbors as ourselves. So this is not just a promise here for Israel, but also for us. The land that God promises is not just confined to this space that Moses describes here, but now in Christ becomes the whole world that God has given to God's people. Even though God's promise now encompasses the entire world, we can see in the events of the world around us now how important it is for human beings to have a place that we can call our own, a place where we can live in safety and in peace, a place where we can live and learn and love and serve God and thank God for all the blessings of that place. It's not just that our own nation has its own borders, but that we as human beings can dwell in peace in this world. The promise of heaven is the promise of place, a place for us in God's kingdom, a place for us on God's earth. We who enjoy the peace that comes from finding a home in Christ now turn to pray that in the tender compassion of our God, all the people of the world will receive the inheritance that Christ has opened for each and every one of us and for all of God's children, that they may dwell in peace and that they may worship, love, and trust God in the safety of their own home, under their own vine, in the shade of their own fig tree, as it'll say in the prophets. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy promise, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness, in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord, who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, for the gift of relationships with others. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land and for this congregation. 
the people, the ministries, the leaders of St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, for those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, for all who work for peace and international harmony, for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction. For what else do we ask the Lord and pray today? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin, nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.